Welcome to the Flatline with your host, Rick Hughes. For the next 30 minutes, you'll be inspired, motivated, educated, but never manipulated. Now, your host, Rick Hughes. Good morning and welcome to the Flatline. I'm your host, Rick Hughes, and for the next 30 minutes, I'd like to invite you to stay tuned. 30 minutes of motivation, some inspiration, some education. And you know this, we do it with no manipulation because we don't seek to solicit money. We're not trying to sell you anything. We're not trying to hustle up anything. This show is simply about giving accurate information. Information that will help you verify and identify God's plan for your life. And if you can do that, then you can orient and adjust to the plan. That's up to you. My job is to get it right, get it accurate, and give you the information. It's always the job of God the Holy Spirit to convince you. See, it's an interesting thing. You know, no one can can change anybody. I can't change you. You can't change me. We all have our own volition. We all have our own free will. That's one of our assets that God gave us the right to choose. And we can choose to do certain things. And uh, it's my job to give you enough information so at least you know what your choices are. That's where the victory starts, knowing the choices. I mean, when you come to the fork in the road, if you take the wrong fork, well, then you wind up losing a lot of time and having to double back. And in life, you don't have time to lose. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us to redeem the time. And so redeeming the time means making the best choices that you can make. You know, we're coming into Christmas season. We've just gone through Thanksgiving. And if there's anything anyone wants is to be happy. During this time of year, a lot of people can be miserable because they're lonely or because they've lost loved ones. But happiness is something that's elusive to some people. People really do want to be happy. Number one, feel-good emotion in life, happiness. Matter of fact, didn't wasn't there some big hamburger chain used to sell the Happy Meal? And I think, isn't there a TV show now, a reality show, where one of the buzzwords is happy, happy, happy? Yes, there is a lot of unhappiness in the world. And coming into this holiday season, I want to talk to you about one of the unique problem-solving devices found in the Word of God. That problem-solving device is plus H, or sharing the happiness of God. Sharing the happiness of God is the most unique problem-solving device. Because as a believer in Jesus Christ, if you are living the spiritual life, there is no time to be sad. There is no room for loneliness at your end. Even though you may face adverse circumstances and some of the most bitter environment, you do not have to be unhappy. And so we want to take a little look at that today. Remember in Luke eleven twenty seven and 28, when our Lord Jesus Christ was speaking, a woman interrupted him and she made an astounding statement. She said, happiness belongs to the breast that you sucked on and to the womb that bore you. She made an issue out of motherhood. And she interrupted the Lord while he was speaking. She had a lot of guts to stand up in the middle of the crowd and shout those words out, and she got put down because our Lord Jesus Christ said, You're wrong, ma'am. Happiness belongs to people who hear my Father's word and keep it. That is the source of all happiness. If you go to Proverbs chapter 3 and read in verse 13, you will hear this. 
Happy is the one who finds wisdom and the one who obtains understanding. Wisdom and understanding are the keys to happiness. It's the key to knowing which fork in the road to take. When you have the right information, then you have the choice of making the right decision. If no one can mislead you, if no one can misdirect you, then if you fail, at least you failed on your own, at least you used your own volition, as I have done myself from time to time. We use our own volition and make our own bad decisions. But if we have wisdom and we have understanding, then we know our options so we don't walk around in a fog all the time. And so that's what the writer of Proverbs made very clear here. That happiness belongs, and that's a Hebrew word called eshar. Happiness is the one who finds wisdom. And it doesn't mean to discover it like you found a coin. It means to acquire or to learn or to attain. The word find in the Hebrew is the word matzah. And it means happiness is the one who acquires wisdom. There is no shortcut to acquiring wisdom. I mean, unfortunately, the Bible says, study to show thyself approved unto God. Study is no shortcut for that. When the Bible says, grow in the grace and the knowledge of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, there is no shortcut. Study and growth go hand in hand. And when Jesus said, take my yoke and learn of me, learn, I mean, it's not easy. You must grow. You must learn. You must study if you're going to have the wisdom and the understanding that gives you the happiness that our Lord Jesus Christ gave, had demonstrated. You know, there's a myth that Satan has in the world today, and that myth is this. The myth is that people or circumstances can make you happy. If you, if you meet pleasant people or you have pleasant circumstances, uh, then you'll be happy. You know, if you win the lottery, if you get a new car, if you get a new home, if you get a new wardrobe, if you get a new TV, if, if your team wins the game, you'll be happy. Well, those are called temporal happinesses. They don't really last. They're short-lived. But if you're dependent on any person or if you're dependent on any set of circumstances to make you happy, then essentially you're weak and you don't have the true happiness that the Bible offers you. The happiness comes from the wisdom and the understanding of God's plan for your life. You know, in Hebrews 12, too, it talks about our Lord Jesus Christ dying on the cross, and it says, who for the joy that was set before him. That doesn't mean he was happy on the cross, joyful, jumping up and down, no. But here's what it means. There is no greater joy in your life that you'll ever experience than to be directly in the center of the will of God. And if you know that, if you know for sure that you're in God's will, then that gives you a tremendous confidence, a tremendous peace, and a tremendous understanding of what your life is all about. If you're not happy today, there's something you don't know. Maybe a person you don't know. Maybe you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior. You see, Christianity is indeed a relationship, not some religion. It's a personal encounter with a living Lord and a living Savior. And, and all I can tell you is that Jesus Christ will live in you. He will come and abide in you forever. 
And he said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. You must receive him. That's why the Bible says to as many as received him, to them God gave the right to become his children, even to them that just believe in his name. Receiving Christ is as simple as an act of faith. And you demonstrate it by prayer, by demonstrating to God that you would like to receive Christ. The Bible says whosoever should call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you can do that. You can do that in your car. You can do that at home. And you can simply say, Father, I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. I believe that he is your anointed son and I accept him. That's simple. When you do that, that's what it means to be a Christian. You don't have to walk down the aisle of a church to join publicly. You don't have to be baptized to become a Christian. You simply believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Christians do eventually join churches, and Christians do get baptized to identify with Christ, yes. But the act of becoming Christian, the simple act of faith. That's why Paul told the Roman jailer, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. That happiness that comes from a person comes from understanding what motivated him, how he lived his life, how he handled the adversity and the pressure and the horrific unfair treatment that he received. But the pseudo-happiness the world offers the pseudo-happiness that Satan will lure us with, it's counterfeit. It's not real. It doesn't have contentment. It's here today and gone tomorrow. I mean, it can be a stimulation, yes, and, and it can be even be fun or it can be something enjoyable like a, a vacation or a trip or, or whatever, but it's not permanent. It's only momentarily, and, and then it's gone. Because you see, that, that sort of happiness, that pseudo-happiness the world would offer you depends on a set of circumstances. I mean, they'll tell you if you come to this beach and sit here looking at the sunset, you'll be happy. If you'll take a cruise and go across the ocean, you'll be happy. And that may be true for a while. But that's not the lasting happiness that God offers you in Christ. That type of happiness is called neutral H. It's not plus H, it's neutral H. It is not the kind of happiness that will carry you far beyond the bad times, far beyond the routine times, far beyond the dull times in your life. You cannot be sustained or carried by past good times. Let me say it again. You cannot be sustained or carried in times of adversity by looking up by looking back on the past good times that you had. So that sort of neutral age, that happiness that depended on that set of circumstances, on where you were or what you did or who you were with, it won't encourage you, it won't motivate you during times of adversity and during times of testing in your life. It is not the true happiness the Bible offers. It's the happiness of the cosmic system, and it's only temporarily. And then it can be followed by self-induced misery and even divine discipline. Take a person who thinks that it's the weekend and if I could just be happy and go out and party this weekend and, and, and tie one on, and maybe they do. 
And then it's followed by misery and even sometimes by discipline because you violated the mandates of God. The true happiness that we're talking about, it's not some stimuli in your life. It's really something that we have with us every day. It's something that we have all the time because it relates to the soul of the believer, not the body. The soul, in your soul is mentality. In your soul is volition. In your soul is consciousness and self-consciousness. The capacity to have this sort of happiness has to come first. Capacity is like a cup. I mean, have you ever filled up your drinking cup? You know, without a cup, you don't have anything to hold the water. Well, God wants to fill your cup up. Fill it up. This is what David talks about, his blessings overflowed, overflowing blessings. If you have capacity, then God can pour out blessings into your life. Let me give you an example. This may sound strange to you, but capacity means that you can handle it and it won't destroy you. That's what it means. You can handle it and it won't destroy you. If you don't have capacity for happiness, then you're looking all the time. You're always looking for what's going to make me happy. You're all the time in a frantic search for happiness. But if you're like Paul, if you say, I've learned whatever shape I am in to be content, whether I have a lot, whether I have a little, it doesn't make any difference, I'm happy. You see, contentment is the capacity for God to fill your cup up and it not destroy you. Because if you don't have contentment, you will want more and more and more. And if you are content, then you don't need your cup filled up. So it's really an ironic thing. The less you need it, the more God gives it. Because it won't distract you. But if you need it and you want it and you beg God for it and you just think, oh, I got to have this, I'll be happy. I got to have that, I'll be happy. What you're saying is, this will distract me from ever growing in grace. This will distract me from ever making Christ the premier number one thing in my life. You'll never be occupied with Christ as long as you're in a frantic search for happiness. Happiness. You know, morality, self-regulation, all these things can produce a sort of neutral H in your life. A temporal happiness for unbelievers especially if they function under the laws of establishment. A person that's not a Christian can be happy if he follows the laws of establishment, volition, marriage, family, nationalism. There's the four key laws of establishment. God gives everybody freedom to choose. God ordained marriage between Adam and Eve. He brought Eve to Adam and gave her to him. God ordains the family, <clears throat> excuse me, for the raising of children, the teaching of authority, and God ordains nationalism. That's why he divided the world into different nations. And that's why uh, you speak one language and they speak another language. You should have pride in your nation. And these are the four laws of establishment. Volition and marriage and family and nationalism. If a person's not a Christian but they'll function under those four laws, they can have happiness while they're here. They won't have any happiness in eternity because since they would not adjust to the justice of God, then they will force the justice of God to adjust to them in eternity. 
And that's not a very nice thing. It, God doesn't want to send anyone to the lake of fire. Get that in your He's not wanting to send anyone to the lake of fire. That's why he allowed his son, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, to come and give his life as a sacrifice for us so we wouldn't have to go there. But if we reject the gift of eternal life, if we reject the freedom that Christ offers, then the justice of God has no choice but to condemn us to the lake of fire. The same thing that Satan will experience and the fallen angels will experience. Anyone who rejects Christ must experience that too because the justice of God cannot be compromised. Now his love precedes his justice and it's in his love. Remember God so loved the world? It's in his love that he offered you eternal life through Christ. That was his love. And either you adjust to his justice or you will force the justice of God to adjust to you. So if you're a Christian and you understand the filling of the Holy Spirit, problem-solving device number two, and you function under doctrinal orientation, another problem-solving device, then you can receive the happiness God has for you. Because that happiness that God has for you is related to two things. It's related to the filling of the Holy Spirit and the application of the Word of God to your life. Divine viewpoint. When you have that, you can be happy. And you don't have to be happy from season to season. You can be happy 24-7. It's not a giggly happiness where you run around foaming at the mouth, popping bubbles. It's a contentment and a peace that the world doesn't understand. They don't understand someone that's not miserable when the day is miserable. They don't understand someone that's not miserable when they get treated unfairly. They don't understand someone who has a capacity to handle these things and not fall apart. But that's what a mature believer can do, just as our Lord Jesus Christ did it as well. You know, happiness... Here's the unique thing about it. It can be enjoyed while you live, and you can even have happiness when you die. And I'm not talking about eternity. Yes, there is happiness in eternity, but I'm talking about dying here. If you have perfect happiness when you live, you're going to have perfect happiness when you die. Whether it's a prolonged and a painful death or a short, sweet death, you will be happy. You won't be miserable. The only difference is that when we live, we use our volition to the full extent to make our choices. But when we die, then that's God's sovereignty selecting the time and the manner and the place that we will depart this earth. We have no say-so about that. He chooses. The rest of the time, it's ours. So if we live poorly, meaning that we don't take in the Word of God. We don't learn the Word of God. We, we ignore God's principles and provisions. And we're going to die poorly. We're going to die miserably. We'll die with mental attitude panic. Every problem you've ever had will be enforced in your mind. You'll be guilty and full of self-pity and bitter and fear, doubt, even up to the moment of death. There will be no happiness for you. And that's a shame because that's not the way God wants you to live. That is not the life God ordained for you. 
It's possible for you to live a wonderful life. It's possible for you to die a wonderful death if you use God's problem-solving devices. I have a friend of mine who passed away a few years ago, and the hospice nurse who attended this friend told her daughter that she's moaning in pain. And her daughter said, no, ma'am, you need to listen again. My mother's humming a song. And as the nurse leaned over to listen, she was indeed humming Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Even in death's final moments, she was happy. This plus H, this happiness of God is a state that we have in our soul. And it's not something that someone can do for us. It's not something that someone can give us. This plus H, this happiness of God, is an insulation against fear and arrogance in our life. That's an amazing thing. It's the monopoly of Christians in spiritual adulthood. A mature believer can have this happiness, but not many will do it. Few believers have this because they're not consistent in their own salvation, in their post-salvation lives. They're not consistent. They don't study. They don't grow. They don't learn. So they don't have any wisdom. They don't have any knowledge. They don't have any discernment. They operate on emotions, and they're easily distracted and easily discouraged. But listen to the Bible. Listen. Perfect happiness is found in 1 John 1, 4. 1 John 1, 4, John wrote, We write these things so that our joy may be brought to completion. The plus H I'm talking about, the happiness that endures all things, it comes from the communication of the Word of God by means of the filling of the Holy Spirit, and it's a process. It's not something that you conjure up. It's a process, growing daily, being under the mentorship of the Holy Spirit daily, developing confidence and capacity for life daily. It's a process. This plus H, this sharing the happiness of God, can be defined as exactly the same happiness that the humanity of Jesus Christ endured during his time on earth when he was here. It's the same happiness. It's the happiness that he gave us. See, Paul put it this way, for me living is Christ and dying is profit. It's for promotion. The relationship between our Lord's happiness and the happiness that the believer, you and I, that we see, that's found in John 15, 11. Here's what our Lord said. I taught you these things so that you may be happy, that my happiness might be in you, and that your happiness might be complete. This is where our Lord had been teaching on the vine and the branches, and uh, the key statement was, if, I, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you. In other words, if you keep my mandates and you abide in my love, you will have happiness. Happiness, perfect happiness. It's always related to the policy of God. Listen to Psalm 31.7. I will rejoice and be happy in the provisions of your grace. That's where the happiness originates from, the grace of God. 
God's plan has enabled you not to be sad, not to be unhappy, not to be miserable, not to be lonely, but to be occupied with Christ and to have the same joy that he had in his life. Plus H, sharing the happiness of God. I mean, a lot of people, you hear them say, I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm happy. But what they're really talking about is the circumstances that please them. No matter what you have, you'll always want more. There's always something more you want. But accumulating more and more doesn't make us happy. I mean, we spend money we don't have to buy things we don't need, as someone once said, to impress people that we don't even like. Money is a narcotic to empty, to deaden the pain of an empty life. What a shame. The real happiness I'm talking about is a problem-solving device, one of the ten unique problem-solving devices that we teach on the Flotline. It's problem-solving device number nine. It's a status quo, but it doesn't look over the horizon. It doesn't want more. It is perfectly content. Paul wrote in Philippians 4.10, but I rejoice, Cairo, the Greek word. It means I am made glad. I am exceedingly happy. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. And this was a financial gift that was delivered to Paul while he was under house arrest. And it was delivered by a man named Epaphroditus from the church at Philippi. But it brought Paul great happiness to know that, number one, the believers in Philippi were thinking about him. And, number two, God used them to provide his needs. So Paul went on to say in verse 11, not that I speak in regards to need, for I've learned in whatever state I'm in, to be content. I know how to be made abased or humbled, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need, because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What an amazing testimony. Do you need something to make you happy? Do you need people or circumstances to make you happy? If so, you haven't found the wisdom and the understanding that God has for you. You haven't discovered the Christian life that Jesus Christ lived and passed on to you. An amazing life. The life by means of the filling of the Holy Spirit. The life whereby you take God's word and learn it and use it and and I might add, under a qualified pastor that can teach it to you. And then you have this phenomenal happiness in your life because of the wisdom and the understanding that you have in all circumstances. You never have to blindly choose again. You can always know exactly what the will of God is. That's the kind of happiness I'm talking about. Real happiness. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. Instead, it is righteousness, prosperity, and happiness by means of the Holy Spirit. Romans 14, 17. Think about it. Until next week, I'm your host, Rick Hughes, saying thank you for listening to The Flatline. Thank you for listening to The Flatline with your host, Rick Hughes. 
If you'd like to contact Rick, please write to him at P.O. Box 100, Cropwell, Alabama, 35054, or online at www.rickhughesministries.org.